2: The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road.
3: So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones! Many people are still working remotely, but a lot are gradually returning to their office. And that workplace has changed forever. Fortunately, dressing well for work has not. Mr. B and Clive has a great variety of different clothing options depending on your personal situation. Whether it's a traditional suit and tie or a casual pant and golf shirt for a Zoom call, we have what you need. Come see for yourself at Mr. B Clothing on 86th Street and Clive.
4: This is Dr. Thomas Greenwald, board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. This is my 30th year taking care of Iowa State athletes, and I am a proud supporter of the Cyclones. As an orthopedic surgeon, I specialize in musculoskeletal care for athletes of all ages, from high school to collegiate athletes to adult weekend warriors. Trust McFarland Orthopedic Sports Medicine and my colleague, Dr. Warmi and I, for excellent sports injury care and rehabilitation. Visit us on the web at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones!
5: Hey guys, it's Williams here from and Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They've been a part of the and Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do, and we return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. KXNO's Thirsty Thursday continues now with the Cyclone Fanatic radio show presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Here's your host, Jared Stansberry.
2: Yo, it's another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive here on Moines, Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. I'm Jared Stansbury. Tonight on the program, uh, here in just a couple of minutes, we're going to catch up or link up with Jesse Newell. He's a Kansas beat writer for the Kansas City Star. He writes about Kansas football and men's basketball. And we'll preview Saturday's game between Iowa State and Kansas, 6 o'clock kick uh, from Jack Trice Stadium. And then, of course, we will... Uh, toss it off to Chris Williams, Tim Mullen, and Brent Bloom. They'll make their picks for the week. Should be pretty fun stuff with a really fun college football slate here on tap. Uh, lots of ranked games. You know, Obviously, the big game between Alabama and Ole Miss, that should be really fun. Have everybody excited in the Big 12. You've got Baylor going on the road to Oklahoma State. Man, it should be a a really fun. Oh, it's Cincinnati and and Notre Dame, of course, is going to be a great one. Uh, and we're going to spend our time talking about Kansas football, which is just what everybody wants to do when uh, there's some really fantastic college football uh, to to be played this weekend. Uh, but no, excited to link up with Jesse, and learn more about Lance Leipold's program uh, and kind of the you know trajectory of that team that uh, got off to a you know fine start for what they are. It, with the win over south dakota in week one had to kind of come back from behind and make a late drive in that game uh, and then kind of been scuffling here the past couple weeks as i think just about everybody would have expected them to but still some dangerous weapons on that team and some guys that is a team that i think is starting to believe a little bit in what you know coach leipold is is preaching uh it was interesting to hear earlier this week matt campbell Uh, You know, Chase Allen, some of the other guys that were on Iowa State inside the Iowa State program back in 2016 when Campbell first got here uh, and hear them talk about seeing some of the same things from Kansas that they saw from themselves at that time. Obviously, Iowa State's trajectory has been nothing but upwards since then uh hope kansas hoping to be able to do some of the same uh i would argue a, a much deeper hole to dig themselves out of than what coach campbell maybe walked into uh in Ames, but nonetheless uh still should be a, a really fun one uh easy what's up man not much what's going on not a whole lot dude are you excited for the the games this weekend i am and uh
6: it's it's just this is something that we briefly got into on the fanatics, but it's just that time of the year, man, where like everything is coming together. You've got Iowa State and just college football in general. You've got the baseball uh, season wrapping up the playoffs about to get underway. And then, believe it or not, the buccaneers have their home opener tomorrow so that's kind of nice. where my mind is just because i'm going to be doing you know play by play basically uh, 25 hours from now
2: is this their last year in buccaneer arena
6: so the plan is if everything goes according to plan that it that it would be yeah. and that they would start the the season next year i don't know if that's going to happen because with with the pandemic with things getting pushed back i would if i were a betting man I'd say they probably start next season in their current location and at some point throughout. But who knows? Every once in a while, you're like, wow, they were able to get that done even quicker than I I thought. So hopefully this is the last uh, go-round on the Madhouse at Hickman.
2: Yeah, and I know that construction stuff is obviously really difficult right now just with – Prices of steel and everything, but uh, man, the thing I, I love so much about this time in college football, right when you get to that, you know, the first weekend in October is just, you're starting to get to the, the point in time when teams are playing in conference, uh, you have storylines that have been, you know, that aren't half baked by the the offseason or by speculation or anything like that. We've seen a lot of these teams play. You know, we've seen them, some of them play good football, some of them play not so good football. You know, I think a, a, the best example of that is that Ole Miss Alabama game where, uh, you know, the Rebels obviously are off to a really good start. I, I think people thought that they had the potential to be really good. Um, you know, now you get to go on the road and play Alabama and uh, what should be a really fun football game Saturday afternoon. And, uh, you know, I think that. Just across the country, this is by by far probably the best week of games that we've had so far to this point. And the uh, nightcap of it all will be Kansas visit, visiting Iowa State on, uh, on FS1 at 6 o'clock. And we're going to learn some more about that game, learn some more about the Kansas Jayhawks right now as we head down to Kansas City, talk to Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. He's a Kansas beat writer. Jesse, thanks for giving us some time tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So uh, my first question for you, it's just – What's kind of been the impression of of Lance Leipold so far uh, through four games and you know through an entire off season? With, well, I guess maybe not a full off season, but what parts of the off season that you know he was there in Lawrence uh, since he's been hired? Yeah,
1: um, so uh, it's hard to judge him obviously uh, because of exactly what you mentioned. You know, he got hired so late, uh, one of the latest outside coaching hires ever taken place at that Power 5 level. You know, he got hired on the last day of April, so he missed the entire spring ball with Kansas, and so a lot of their teaching, installing, and evaluation had to take place in August, so it was sort of an unfair standard to hold him to to begin with, but it's sort of the situation he knew he was signing up for. I think the biggest thing for Kansas right now and the thing that is probably the most encouraging for them is, through four games, you know, they've been outmatched at times, they uh, don't have the talent of other teams, they're still learning their schemes, all those sorts of things, but Um, they've really focused on not completely melting down themselves. And that sounds like a low bar, but it's a low bar that a lot of Kansas teams in the past haven't been able to accomplish. And uh, right now, Kansas is in the mode, frankly, when they face a team like Iowa State, where they need Iowa State to help them out. Um, But Kansas is going to try to not make mistakes. They're going to try to make other teams beat them. And so what I mean is their turnover margin has been really good this year. KU has mostly limited penalties. And even when things haven't gone their way, they've played hard for uh, most of the game, and they're not seeing effort issues. So... Kansas is a team that right now you can you know kind of out Jimmy and Joe, if you will, but I think what Lance Leipold has said is sort of a base foundation is the, kind of the best he can do at this moment, which is to get his guys to not make mistakes, and if any team wants to come in and turn it over four or five times, or, or make have a bunch of penalties, or do a bunch of silly things, then Kansas is going to be at the game, and if you look at their halftime scores, they've been in the game of every single contest so far this year, the second half have been kind of disastrous, but uh, that's kind of the M.O. for uh, Kansas and, and Lance Leipold and staff right now. And Like I said, it's not a high bar to reach, but uh, for Kansas, it's definitely something at this point in
2: time. What's been the biggest change you've seen from the program so far? Obviously, you haven't had the, you know, there was no luxury of getting to see the the recruiting operation really change uh, or see the results of anything like that uh, after Coach Leipold was hired. But just from everything else around the program, I mean, what are some of the biggest differences you've seen uh, just compared to the less Miles era or even before that?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, and I talked to guys about this before the season. I wrote a story in August about this. Uh, I think asking them what the biggest difference was, they talked a lot about accountability and just about discipline. And, you know, it, I mean, some of this is natural. Some of this is things that guys are going to say. And, uh, you guys know how this works. I mean, a lot of times the coach you hire is opposite of the coach you had before. So, um, Les Miles was more of a, a laid back guy when it came to, um, certain things when, you know, when inside the program. But um, talking to those guys, they talk a lot about you know just the routine of everything, and there's more accountability from teammates, and you're, you are connecting more with those guys. And then there's other things just like the, the weight training and the weight loss and the individualized nutrition and then having meals together and individualized meals, and this is what you eat and this is what you eat. Uh, it's, I think as one guy put it, it's a little bit harder to screw up, if you will. Um, I mean, I don't want to say military academy. I mean, that's obviously way more strict, but it's, it's closer to that where – you know you have to be up uh another thing that disciple did he changed the morning practices but if you know you have to be up at a certain time and you know you're eating breakfast at a certain time and they're checking you in when you get there and you know you go to practice and then once you get out of practice you go and have a certain shake to cater to you and you check yourself off with that and then you come back for lunch and you have to check off for that i mean there's just not as many ways that you can strive you know what i mean it's going to be a little bit easier to follow the script because that script is really set out for you and if you don't like the rules then Um, that's fine. You can go find another program or you can go find another place um, that is going to be a little bit more lax. And uh, I think a lot of players that talked to me said that that's something that they felt like last year needed. And again, um, certain programs do things different ways, and I'm sure there are more loose coaches out there that have success with the way they do things, but for Kansas in particular, with the lack of success they've had in the program the last 12 years and hearing those guys that were in it last year, uh, they just talked about how the added discipline, the added accountability was something this program needed, and Again, it's step one of that, but I think it is a successful step so far, and KU's players now are, are being held to a different standard than they were a season ago.
2: It's hard when you watch this Kansas team and not have your eyes immediately drawn to the, the quarterback, Jason being, uh such a dynamic athlete at the, the quarterback spot. He transferred in from, from North Texas. Uh, I mean, what have... What's kind of been the feeling with him so far this season? Obviously, like I said, he's a really dynamic athlete with his ability to run the ball, but you know, still kind of working out of a difficult situation where you know, his offensive line isn't really spectacular either.
1: Yeah, so for Kansas, this is a really weird situation uh, at quarterback because like so many other years, and it's been uncanny. I, you know, I write this every year, but it's either five of the last six years or six of the last seven years. Uh, KU's coach didn't announce a starter going into game week, and like four or five of those, they didn't announce a starter on game day until <laughs> so they basically ran out of the huddle, and that, that continued this year. That's spanning three different coaches. But Jason Bean won that job, and he's been in uh, every competitive snap that they've had, so that's been a difference for Kansas, that they've had a guy, they picked seemingly the right guy, and he's kind of taken and, and ran with the job. But um, <laughs> since Todd Reeson left, KU quarterback-wise, again, some of this has been the other players around him and the lack of talent around him. You can talk about offensive line receivers, those sorts of things, but it's been a disaster at QB, and we know how important that position is. I'm tempted to say that quarterback is one of KU's best positions this year, so that's that's different for Kansas. And you mentioned Jason Bean, a former track star. Um, the one thing he will do, and this happened in the Coastal Carolina game, some people might have checked it out a couple weeks ago because it was a Friday night on ESPN, and literally it was the only college football. came on television, so it got great rating, But there were a couple plays where things just kind of crumbled around him in the offensive line, and he just took off running, broke a tackle, and had like a 50-yard run. And it's been a long time since Kansas football could say that at moments you watch the game and you say, hey, KU's quarterback might be the best player on the field. He might be the most dynamic playmaker. He might be the guy who can break something that nobody else on the field can break. So that's a different feeling for Kansas fans to have that sort of hope at the quarterback position. Now, where he struggles – and where he's still developing is um, a lot of what they're asking him to do now with the quarterback run game and with RPOs is just knowing the offense. Some of this is natural. You know, He came in and transferred in during the summer, so he's behind like everybody else. He has one of those really thick wristbands he's reading the playoff of and just still kind of learning the mechanics of the game. And, oh, hey, the safety has outside leverage, so my, my receiver should be open on the corner after the end zone. But, oh, I took another second to figure that out because I haven't been playing that long. So those are the mechanics that are still coming to him. Still learning his leadership and his voice in the huddle, but it was encouraging last weekend to Duke. He had a couple of deep throws. You know they've had some explosive plays in the passing game, um, so he showed he can throw the football. But sitting back and keeping him in the pocket and forcing him to throw, I think that's going to be something that a lot of teams try to do because again his legs can be dynamic, and when he gets out of the pocket and, and into the you know into the secondary, uh, he can make some plays with his legs. I think teams are going to want to figure out if he really can't throw the football and read defenses and uh, that's really where he's going to be tested over the next eight games in the big 12
2: season talking about kansas jayhawk football here on the cyclone fanatic radio show uh with jesse newell from the kansas city star how have you seen his i mean obviously as dynamic as he is he still has to have people to throw the ball to hand the ball off to how have you seen some of those weapons develop and i i mean i know that it's kind of been unsettled a little bit. Their starting running back transferred out, uh, I think, beginning of last week. What's just been the, you know, how, who have you seen kind of emerge at those spots? Uh, who's maybe stepped up in those positions, receivers and running backs?
1: Yeah, you know, running back to expect Devin Neal. He's a true freshman out of Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, super bright kid, uh, but he was getting more and more carries, and that's why you mentioned Don Gardner, who was leading rusher in 2020. He decided to transfer out of the program last week, I think in part because the writing was sort of on the wall that Devin Neal with his learning process was kind of coming along. So, um, he's a guy that's, you know, he doesn't look like a true 18 year old freshman. I mean, he's bigger than what you'd expect. Like I said, he's four stars. He was the top player in the state of Kansas. Um, obviously, Iowa State fans know that uh, if you're the top running back or player in the state of Kansas, you might turn into a good running back. Uh, and that's the thing that sometimes happens. So. Again, so young in his development and um, pass blocking, things like that aren't going to be his forte, but he's beginning to understand holes better and where certain plays are supposed to hit, and uh, last week had a 100-yard game, and so that's an encouraging sign for him and also the program. To about the receivers, um, the steepster receiver is the one um, people probably most circled uh, is Trevor Wilson. He's a eleven. He's a, a transfer from Buffalo. He made a catch last week that ended up number two. On ESPN Sports Center's top 10, where he kind of Randy Moss, the guy, went behind his back to make a catch, but he can run by you. I mean, he has uh, speed on speed on speed. So, uh, him and Jason Dean are roommates, and they've joked about having a race, but uh, both those guys are going to be among the fastest players on the field at their, uh, you know, whenever they're on the field together or whenever they're going up against any opponent. Uh, The other guy for Kansas is Kwame Lasser. He's just solid. Uh, He's the son. Uh, a former football, uh, NFL football player, Kwame Lasseter, who played for the Arizona Cardinals back in the day on defense, but uh, he's just—he does the right things. You know, he'll—he'll he'll be the guy that properly executes the rub route. He'll—he'll he'll have a, a clean route. He'll—he'll he'll make the catches. He won't have drops. He'll make good blocks. Um, just kind of a solid player at that position. But I think the biggest development for KU last week, and and we don't know if this is going to uh, be something that the one-week mirage from watching Kansas, or if this is something that moves forward, but. Their offensive line was a disaster week one. I mean, they couldn't open up any holes in the running game. In fact, their first three weeks, uh, Jason Dean, the quarterback, led the team in rushing rather than a running back. And that really changed last week. You know, they had some different schemes. They had some pin and pulls. They did some different things with their linemen. And, again, they had rushing yardage for their running back. They broke open some big plays there. So that's really, I think, the biggest thing to watch in this game is, if KU can have any success, obviously we know Iowa State's defense has been great at just shutting down opponents running games and making – Ah, uh, those teams throw, and if that happens for Kansas, it's probably going to be a long day. Because, uh, like I said, uh, right now I think the teams are going to want to test Jason Bean, his reads, his throwing ability, make him sit back there and not run, and make him try to find receivers and and sort things out after the snap uh, and not be you know confused by what other teams are throwing at them. But you know, KU can do what it did last week against Duke and get three, four, five yards of carry, slow down the game. They they really are slowing things down and trying to limit possessions. Then. Uh, this thing could look a whole lot different than potentially what happens uh, the other way, and, and that's what happened two weeks ago against Baylor. Baylor shut down the run offense, forced Jason Bean to throw, lots of three and outs, and it was pretty ugly from there in a forty-five to seven loss. So we'll see what happens with Kansas, but those are some of the weapons around Jason Bean. And uh, like I said, there is some speed on this Kansas team and some potential for big plays, but uh, it, you kind of wonder what team's going to show up because the last two weeks have been very different uh, when it comes to the Baylor game and then the Duke game right after that.
2: I thought it was interesting this week to hear. Coach, I listened, watched his uh, his press conference that he did, and hearing him just talk about you know continuing to prove def- improve defensively, specifically with the fundamentals of their defense, and uh, I think he talked a lot about tackling and just he noted the lack of depth on that side of the ball. I mean, how have you seen the the defense come together, and are they still kind of battling the? I mean, it's been a long running issue now with the you know the depth and scholarship issues and things like that. Is that just kind of coming to roost a little bit on the defensive side?
1: Yeah, I mean, the good news for Kansas is the scholarship issues have been there a long time. I mean, ever since Charlie Weiss took a bunch of guys off the team and then no. it seems like every coach after that always kind of wanted to go the shortcut route and get Juco guys and then you leave yourself in a deficit again. Um, that's the one real big positive for Les Miles is that he came in and his last two classes were all high school freshman kids. So, he basically paid the bill for the sins of the administrations and coaches past. So, KU should be good on scholarship-wise very, very soon, and that's Probably part of the reason a guy like Lance Leipold would even consider inheriting or taking over the Kansas job is that it's a much rosier picture when you're closer to that scholarship number than when you are far away and know it's going to be a multi-year rebuild. The problem for Kansas defensively, the biggest one, is that once less miles left, KU's top three defenders all decide to transfer. And a lot of those guys are succeeding right now as immediate transfers in the SEC. Uh, Karan Prunty uh, was their top player a year ago. He transferred... Um, over, actually, he's not playing right now, but he would have been. He was a freshman All-American, and then they had Marcus Harris and Dejon Terry. Both those guys are doing great. At I believe it's Tennessee is one of them, and then uh, another SEC school at the other. So it's 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 tough. I mean, they they played great in the spring game, and there was a lot of reason to be optimistic about a defensive line and secondary. And you take the top three players off a team uh in the middle of the summer, and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, that that's going to be tough to replace. Not to mention. It's not like this KU team was coming from a really high bar to begin with. This is the team that uh, was last in the nation last year when it came to points allowed per game defensively. So you're already starting from a low bar, and then you take the best three players off the team, and then you change teams in August. Uh, it's been very difficult. And uh, frankly, you know, they are they have problems at all the levels, to so be completely frank with you, um, but they have a super, super young secondary, which has been exposed last few weeks, and their linebackers um, were atrocious last year, and this year have... have If they've been better, it hasn't been much. I mean, they they create no havoc. Uh, They seem to be guessing a lot. They aren't great in coverage. And it's just been a mess. It's been a mess for Kansas. Plus, you add on top of that, they've had uh, major, major tackling issues when it comes to guys. Not only just first contact and being dragged for five or six yards, but just completely missing tackles, which allows folks to have big plays. So, I don't know what you do if you're Kansas. I don't know how much you can improve over the course of the year, just based off of what I've seen. They need to get bigger, stronger. They need some new transfers. They need younger guys to get older quick. But um, that is a, a spot where um, other teams have picked on Kansas, especially, uh, man, when it comes to play action, quarterback run game, um, all those things. I mean, it, it's been a major issue for the Jayhawks, and uh, I'm not really sure what you do it at this point in the year. I think a lot of Big 12 teams are going to have success. The one guy to watch, I would say, is Kyron Johnson, number 15 on the edge. Uh, I mentioned uh, Jason Bean and Trevor Wilson being two of the fastest guys on the team it's not often you would say that a defensive end might still be faster than both of them, and that's the case with Kyron Johnson. They moved him to defensive end. He'll probably be a guy that's drafted late on Sundays, but uh, he can come around like a blur on those third and long plays and potentially create a big play. So if you're worried about anybody, if you're Iowa State, it'd be Kyron Johnson creating a big play. He's flashed for Kansas quite a bit this season. All
2: right, last thing I wanted to ask you, and then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, obviously, it's been a Interesting last few months for everybody in the Big 12 uh, with realignment and all of those kinds of things going on. And, you know, I think Kansas is one of the more interesting teams that fits in that puzzle, With obviously, with the success of the men's basketball program, but the lack of the success with the football program. How, how have people around there kind of, you know, how are they feeling? What's the vibe now, you know, after adding the new teams and, uh, into the Big 12 and, and just through this entire thing, what's kind of been the thought of people around, uh, around the Jayhawks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you get this with fans. It's only natural. But I think the perception of fans is different from the reality. Um, And and like I said, this is natural. Fans are going to think that their school is the greatest and has every option available and is invincible and everything's right, everything's great. And, you know, for Kansas, I think it is the reality that out of the the eight that were remaining, that they probably had some of the most options left uh, or potentially the most options to go to another Power Five conference. But yet, there are enough obstacles there to say, "Hey, um, those teams probably could put the brakes on real quick." And obviously, weren't interested in Kansas at this point in time. A lot of the reasons based off of the football and the football stadium and the lack of success they've had here for the last twelve years or so. So, I think it's motivated people around here, especially new AD Travis Goff, to go out there and talk to people and talk about stadium improvements and talk about turning the football program around and talk about doing things that are big for the future uh, in conference realignment, whatever that may be. So. Um, You know, there was some rumors of rumors talking about Kansas to the Big Ten. Obviously, that did not happen. If it could, Kansas probably would have crawled to the Big Ten because um, that would be obviously a a great step for them to take. But I think the selling point now probably for Kansas' athletic department and for AD Travis Goff is to go to donors, go to the fan base, and say, hey, if this thing twirls again, if this realignment circles around again, and you want a conference like the Big Ten or the ACC or fear that the Big 12 isn't going to be sustainable, this is why you need to fix X, Y, Z, and this is why you need to open up your pocketbook. So I think they're going to use this for all it's worth to try to get improvements to Kansas. Uh, but the reality is that Kansas is probably in a better place than a lot of the other Big 12 programs, but probably not as good a place as many of us fans think. All
2: right, he's Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. He covers Kansas football uh, and men's basketball. We'll uh, We'll have to catch up with you again during basketball season, but I appreciate you taking some time tonight.
1: All right.
2: Thanks for having me. All right. That's uh, that's good stuff. I think Kansas has a good guy in Coach uh, Coach Leipold. I think he's going to do a really good job there. Just uh, might take a little bit of time with uh, the holes that he has to dig himself out of. I'm going to toss it off to Chris Williams, Tim Mullen, and Brent Bloom uh, when we come back on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show powered by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Morning Rush,
5: weekdays at 6 on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender life gets crazy with my twins and a husband who works 80 hours a day. I mean, a week. And I decided to start my own business on top of it, which is insanely crazy. But thanks to the Iowa Clinic, it was easy to see my doctor. And when I get there, she listens to me. So I feel like I have a partner. And before I know it, I can get back to my crazy, busy, insanely busy life where I have a busy business, busy husband, busy twins. Oh no, where's the other one? Oh, I'm holding her. Anyway, with same day appointments and online scheduling, the Iowa Clinic is care how you want it. Visit
6: iowaclinic.com.
2: It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa pork producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious! Learn more at iowapork.org. Cycle Fanatic is proud to partner with the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. As many business schools across the country are eliminating full-time MBA programs completely or moving them online, the Ivy College of Business is documenting all-time high enrollment for both the MBA and Master of Finance programs. To learn how a master's degree from the Ivy College of Business can boost your career, visit www.ivybusiness.iastate.edu. That's
3: www.ivbusiness.iastate.edu. Go Cyclones! Many people are still working remotely, but a lot are gradually returning to their office, and that workplace has changed forever. Fortunately, dressing well for work has not. Mr. B & Clive has a great variety of different clothing options depending on your personal situation. Whether it's a traditional suit and tie or a casual pant and golf shirt for a Zoom call, we have what you need. Come see for yourself at Mr. B. Clothing on 86th Street and Clive.
2: Hi, Cyclone
5: fans. This is Dr. Brian Warmey, orthopedic sports medicine surgeon at McFarland Clinic. I really enjoy working with athletes of all ages, including the football team here in town. My colleague, Dr. Greenwald, and I provide specialized orthopedic care to patients of all ages, including sports injury evaluation, treatment, arthroscopic surgery, stem cells, and other biologics. Come see me in Ames for your sports injury needs, and don't let your injury keep you out of your game. Learn more at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones!
2: The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company and go Cyclones.
5: Hey guys, it's Williams here from Psycho and Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They've been a part of the Psycho and Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do, and we return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Welcome back. Cyclone Fanatic Radio here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. My name is Chris Williams, joined right now by... Brent Bloom, and uh, no Tim Mullen this week. Timmy is, uh, yeah, he's he's running the Nebraska Furniture Mart. He doesn't have to be here with us all the time, but he has uh, trusted us to uh, get, he, he sent us his picks of the week. We'll get to that real quick uh, just to prove that I don't always just talk a big game. It was last Friday. The wife and I went to Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Picked out all new flooring for the basement for my office. Bloom, you're gonna love it. Uh, you know my bar area, yeah, in, in the basement. We're putting um, hard tile around it, so it's gonna be really badass down there. We're completely so, re- redoing the flooring so, in our basement. So when you have that party of the century again, and you start yes. spilling some stuff, exactly, it's exactly. There's been so much beer spilled in this basement. No, it's but uh, really good deals going on right there. Also, they uh, they wanted me to tell you about what they're calling colossal cooking offers. Listen to this. September 29th, which is obviously yesterday, through October 12th, you can get up to a $150 reward card on select purchases of GE Profile cooking products, up to $100 on Frigidaire and Frigidaire Gallery cooking products, and up to $200 cash back. Or reward back, reward cards back on Whirlpool, Maytag, and KitchenAid cooking products. So that's a great deal. Cash right back into your pocket. And um, there's also just instant savings as far as cash goes with the LG products as well. So if you are looking into kitchen appliances, this is a good time right now. They're also doing a big, 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 big screen event. Whatever that means. Uh, through October 19th, I would assume that means deals on big, big, big screen TVs. Uh, you can get um, free $75 Omaha steak packages when you buy uh, giant TVs at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. So there you go. Have you ever had an a Omaha menace. steak? I have. That's how you cater to your market Yeah, right there. It's like, hey, buy a new TV and uh, we'll give you meat. That's uh, it's a, it's a, it's good, a great deal. good way to do it. All right, Bloom, you've got the games. In front of us, this is actually, in my opinion, a loaded week in college football. I'm I'm really excited about this. My plan is to get to the press box early on Saturday and just uh, fire up multiple screens and just go to town. It's it's going to be a fun one. But first, uh,
0: I need to reflect the standings. Oh, Chris, yeah. After another four and one week for me last week, that's two four and one weeks in a row. As the uh, you, you as go. as. The people say I am on a heater right now. I now have 13 wins compared to Tim's 12 and your 11, but everybody was above 500 last week. So we made money. That's good. This is good. That's good. Nobody made, nobody made as much money as me. And so let's, let's lead it off. Let's make some more, more money. (laughs) So So you can go, you can go buy that big, big screen TV, uh, eighth ranked Arkansas on the road at second ranked Georgia. This line is 18 and a half
5: crazy town. Go Man, ahead. these these big lines with Ole Miss and Arkansas and like, I just feel like we're all just getting set up here to take the points. Like, but this one seems too big to me. I just don't know if Georgia has enough offense to blow them out. I listen. I don't think Arkansas is like going to compete for a national championship, but I, I will take. I will take the points here. I'm reluctantly doing it. I think Georgia might be the best team in college football, but they're not electric on offense. So uh, Mullen and I both want to take Arkansas on the points here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get sucked into it too. I'll, I'll take Arkansas. I think this is like 27 to 10.
5: I mean, Arkansas likes to run the ball. I don't think they're going to run it well, but they're going to run enough clock to to be hard to beat them. Yeah, I completely agree. This just, it, it seems like a giant trap though. I know that. I, I don't think we're. I don't think we're picking the Ole Miss Alabama game, but i I don't think you can play. I don't think you can take points in both of those games. Like I, I think if you're betting these games, you you should probably lay the points on one. I, I do agree
0: with that, and in fact, right. I I think Bama blows them out. Just for reference, uh, second game. Sixth ranked Oklahoma on the road in the house of horrors known as the Octic. I oh, know that's basketball, uh, but still, Bill Snyder Family Stadium has been miserable for them at K State. I'll uh, I'll go here. I think a focused Oklahoma gets the offense going enough, and K State with their continued quarterback situation does not do very well on offense. I like this forty-two to fourteen. What's the line again? Ten and a half,
5: so we have it at, yeah I'll, I'm gonna play Oklahoma too. I just the the only thing that concerns me in this one is Kansas State just not doing anything with it and just running the clock out, but I at the same time like they they got killed last week by Oklahoma State like that game wasn't nearly as close as the score indicated at the end. Oklahoma is a little bit like Iowa State to me. The only problem is here's my problem with Oklahoma, though Brent. They yeah they can't run the ball. Yeah, like they're just not running the football. And we knew that they were going to have running back issues coming into the season. Um, but you know their line's taking a lot of heat right now. I'll play Oklahoma. I don't like it. I mean, if I had to, like, I, I wouldn't actually bet on this game. No chance on no chance on that. Tim wants Kansas yeah. State though. Tim's Tim's going okay. with uh, the uh, home underdog in Kansas State. Uh, I am betting against K State until Skylar Thompson's back. That's a good move. I'm just staying. That's a good move. We nailed that one last week too. By the way, I just I think I, I yeah I mean I
0: think their defense is fine. I just I don't see any way they put up more than 14. Now Oklahoma's I'll say this, defense is really good. It it is. I'll say this: in K State will get a pick six, a kick return, and a yeah. punt return for a touchdown or something, and yeah, that's what they do. Uh, Baylor. Speaking of kick returns for touchdowns, Baylor on the road at Oklahoma State. Cowboys favored by four. This is my favorite play of the weekend. Go for it. What do you? What's your
5: favorite play? I
0: just. I. I don't understand this. I think this. I, we said it on Sunday night. I think this should be like eight or nine. Yeah. It's four. So I'll
5: take Oklahoma State. I. You and me and Tim all agree. We all like Oklahoma, which is interesting because our team just got knocked off by Baylor, and we're all fading them. But I. Well. I, here's the deal, though. Like, the, I, I actually think Iowa State's going to help Oklahoma State here. Similar football teams, Iowa State and Oklahoma State, and I think that Gundy and company probably have a pretty decent scout on this Baylor quarterback now that Iowa State maybe didn't have, and then they got it after the first half. You know, and I, I think that Oklahoma State's defense is good enough to pick up on that and lock them down. I I totally agree. That's why I
0: like Oklahoma State here. I think this is a low scoring game. I think the Baylor defense is good. Yeah, They've got some nice some nice players there. But you know, Bohannon was electric in the first half, but then when Iowa State finally you know got him off his spot, he wasn't nearly as good. I would anticipate Oklahoma State just comes right after him from the get go, and if they slow down the Baylor run game, I think Oklahoma State wins this
5: by ten. All three of us agree.
0: Uh, the Friday night game tomorrow night. The Hawkeye is going out east to play Maryland. Iowa.
5: We have it here at a four-point favorite. Man, uh, this is another game that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on. I, the this line stinks to high heaven. You know, it. it I'll probably take Iowa, um, but I, I'm not confident in it. Tim wants Maryland. Tim's taking the yeah. Tim's taking the points. I just. I don't know, man. Like the, the, This is all about how Iowa starts. If Iowa starts off in a certain manner, they're just going to do the old sleeper hold thing. But if if Maryland has a lead at halftime, man, I, I don't know if Iowa would have the firepower to come back. So that's my read on it. I'll, I'm going to take Iowa, uh, let's say, 24 to 20. I guess that would be a push, but uh, that type of a game. Yeah, and I, I don't have a good feel for Maryland at all. Um, their offense is legit. They're the best. They're a better offense than Iowa state is right now.
0: I just, but if, if Iowa gets this in their tempo, like they do, it's just going to be hard for them. I mean, is is Maryland disciplined enough on defense to stay in it? And that would be my concern. So, you know, until proven otherwise,
5: I'm going to pick Iowa. Even is Maryland disciplined enough on offense and that that's where, you know, I don't think they are. That's where a lot of these teams get, and I mean, we saw with Iowa State, like they, you you've got to play that snail's pace, and you know, um, if Iowa puts you in a short field with their Superman of a punter and stuff like that, there's a lot that's going against you. So I'll, I'll take Iowa. Tim wants Maryland. Interesting. Okay, well we're we're kind of on the same page. here. So the the last
0: one, Kansas, in Ames, Iowa State, a 34 point favorite, which I believe. Is the most ever in a Big Twelve conference game, edging out a previous Kansas game, which I think was thirty-one. This is a lot here, Chris. But I'll still, man, I don't know. I, I the one so the one factor here is the, the rain. It could be raining all afternoon and evening Saturday. Keep an eye on it, everybody. For real
5: tailgates. I haven't even yeah. seen that. Jeez. Yep. So they've had terrible weather the last few years at Jack Trice Stadium. Just terrible. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so apparently not not like severe thunderstorms, but enough rain to keep you honest. Um, Well, that would definitely favor Kansas. That would help them. It would help them in this. this, Yeah, in this status. Um, I don't know. This is this is hard for me. I'll still pick Iowa State to make a statement. I don't know how Kansas is even with that fast quarterback is going to do anything on that side. So, but then again, I could see Matt not going crazy at the end. I,
5: I going in the bye week, I don't know. I think because of the bye, maybe Iowa State puts its foot on the gas, really wanting to feel good going into the off week. Yeah, I, I'm going to play Iowa State. I, I I think you just bet you keep betting against Kansas. Honestly, like yeah, they're not covering yet. Like they're playing better. They're playing for Leipold. He's clearly got them more organized and less mild. Did I like him a lot? I, I think he's a good coach. I do think he will turn things around there, but I don't think you can. Iowa State's still good, you know. Right. Like, they didn't just lose all their players. They have good players, and I think the fact that they're coming off of a loss, they're super focused, and they they probably yeah. are tired of people telling them that they suck. So, I'll take yeah. Iowa State. That's what Tim wants yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll go three for three. I think this is like 45 to 10, 48 to 10. Did we pick the same picks? Did you mean –
5: on every game I had,
0: I had, let's recap it here. I had Arkansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Iowa, and Iowa state. Yeah, so I think we man, did, we
5: did, uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. That man. I, We've been Almost doing never. this a long time. I'm not sure we've ever done that before. So, uh, you can either ride along uh, Williams and Bloom <laughs> trade or not. Yeah, <laughs> or just, fade us, yeah. I'd, I'd fade us if I were you guys. Uh, regardless, uh, thanks uh, to Tim Mullen and Nebraska Furniture Cl- Martin Clive, as always, for their sponsorship of the radio program. Uh, remember, man, th- this is great. If you got uh, kitchen needs for kitchen appliances, what a great uh, set of promotions going on right now at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive going on through October 12th for LG. Uh, Well, pretty much everything they have. GE, Profile, the Frigidaire. We have all Frigidaire products that we bought through Nebraska Furniture Mart in our kitchen. Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid. Shout out to the guy who came and measured our basement uh, for the new carpet and the flooring. He came in an Iowa State hat. Uh, if he's listening, uh, he's a big fan of the radio program, so we appreciate that. That's cool. Yep. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks, Bloom. We'll see you yeah. uh, on Saturday. Busy day on Saturday. Let's let's beat the Jayhawks, pal. Cyclone fanatic pregame will be on right here on KXNO at three. Uh, Bloom will have the Learfield broadcast, which begins at four over on 100.3 The Bus. All right, uh, we'll get Timmy Mullen back next week. A little bi-week action for all of us next week. That'll be nice. Uh, for Brent Bloom, I'm Chris Williams signing off. We'll go back to Stansbury after this here on 1460 KXNO,
2: 106.3 FM. Start your
5: day with a dose of fun. The Morning Rush. We days at 6 on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.
2: The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Claire, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones!
0: Hey Cyclone fans, ever wondered how we could use our Cyclone spirit for the greater good? If we each give a little, together we can multiply the power of our gifts to help Iowa State University students when unexpected needs arise. Your gift can make the difference in helping a student finish out the semester or keep an internship experience within reach. To make a gift and to move what matters for Iowa State students, go to isufoundation.com.
5: Hey Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our... Friends from the Iowa pork producers, they've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs, they protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators. You know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing. And they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and, don't forget about this. So you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying
4: thank you to our state's great pork producers. This is Dr. Thomas Greenwald, board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. This is my 30th year taking care of Iowa State athletes, and I am a proud supporter of the Cyclones. As an orthopedic surgeon, I specialize in musculoskeletal care for athletes of all ages, from high school to collegiate athletes to adult weekend warriors. Trust McFarland Orthopedic Sports Medicine and my colleague, Dr. Warmy and I for excellent sports injury care and rehabilitation. Visit us on the web at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones!
3: Many people are still working remotely But a lot are gradually returning to their office And that workplace has changed forever Fortunately, dressing well for work has not Mr. B and Clive has a great variety of different clothing options Depending on your personal situation Whether it's a traditional suit and tie Or a casual pant and golf shirt for a Zoom call We have what you need Come see for yourself at Mr. B Clothing On 86th Street in Clive The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now
2: fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Claire, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones!
0: Hey y'all, Brent here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds, and they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive and always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something than competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Nobody pray for
6: me. it been a day for
2: me. Pray. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive, Des morning Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three FM. Z, what was your reaction to the story of the day uh, that Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre? Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Eminem will be the headliners of the halftime show next February. So
6: it makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of L.A. and California connections there. In fact, as uh, Emery Songer was breaking that information to me right here on uh, KXNO, that's what I thought the The first two things that he said were Dre and Snoop. And I'm like, oh, is this going to be an all southern california thing and obviously eminem very famously from detroit but i like the fact that they they went that route that that to me makes a lot of sense because and maybe i'm wrong i mean i know the the mention was uh, jennifer lopez was at the super bowl in miami i don't know that you always have a lot of connections geographically to them sometimes there are probably going to be some locations where you really can't who did it in
2: minneapolis
6: uh that's a great question give me one second
2: yeah, I I feel like when they have a chance to do that kind of stuff they usually try. This felt like a no-brainer to me though, cuz those like they've never really had anybody like that do uh do the halftime show and I mean like G-Funk has become pretty major piece of americana at this point after almost 30 years you know i think that's going to be big time and that's going to be a lot of fun too and uh obviously kendrick lamar is also from compton i i assume that mary j blige is from los angeles area but uh no i was really excited to see that i normally don't get excited for that thing
6: i should have remembered this one because my girlfriend was super excited about it. it was justin timberlake who to my knowledge uh, doesn't yeah. have any connections to minnesota
2: yeah i mean i i think that most of the time it's probably like we just need to get the best acts that we can but then it's like when you have an opportune situation to do it you might as well just do it this seems like a no-brainer to at me.
6: least a quick reference mary j blige looks like she's from the bronx oh
2: and oh be, she, yeah she was like a east coast person yeah. like with uh
6: diddy and all them and i'll be honest outside of prince minnesota isn't gonna have a ton of options for like national yeah. you know so
2: yeah uh Either way, I think that'll be really cool with uh, with all of those guys. Um, all right, what? right, I'm just interested, too. You're obviously, I think you're more of an NFL guy than you are a, a college football guy. And, and Mel yeah. Kuyper came out with his uh, his big board, uh, his newest NFL draft big board today. Brees Hall was number one uh, with the running backs. Charlie Kohler, the number, I think, number four tight end. He had... Uh, Mike Rose is the number six inside linebacker. uh, And then Will McDonald is the number three outside linebacker. Has there been anybody for Iowa State or anybody for, I mean, even Iowa, that's really impressed you this year that's like, man, that guy is somebody that I feel like is really going to be able to play on Sundays?
6: Honestly, uh, uh, Kohler's up there. And that's not to take anything away from, from Brees Hall. What's really interesting about tight ends in the NFL is that the coaches from one staff to another are going to be looking at so many different things. We think of, in fact, I've heard a number of people say, you know who's been disappointing so far this season is Travis Kelsey. That's because he hasn't been making all these catches, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't been effective. First of all, when he goes out play after play after play and draws a bunch of coverage and other guys get open, that's helping. Second of all, I think this year he's blocking more. Then he's past catching, uh, or he hasn't years past. so or because
2: our offensive line stinks.
6: Right. So that's where, with tight ends, people get in the mindset of, well, if he's not catching balls, he's not doing his job. That is not at all how NFL uh, personnel and NFL coaches and staffs look at things. So therefore, there can be a huge flux in, do we need a pass catching tight end or do we really almost need another offensive lineman who can just also be eligible to catch balls?
2: And that's where you've seen like Blake Bell have some success for them early on in the season because I mean, he's not in that same mold as Travis Kelsey, but they go into those different kinds of sets and bring in the second tight end. And Kelsey still draws so much attention that then Blake Bell all of a sudden is a threat. He's a former quarterback, not anybody that I think is going to accuse of being overly dynamic. But, man, I I have to agree with you. Charlie has looked – this last game against Baylor was, I thought, was one of the – as good as he's looked in his entire time at Iowa State. And, obviously, Charlie's been really good for the Cyclones for a really long time uh, now. But, you know, Matt Campbell talked during the offseason. He talked even – in the early parts of last week, as Charlie was starting to get healthy and get back to 100 percent from uh, from the injury that he had in the offseason and that he was in the best shape, best physical shape as he has been since he's been at Iowa State, and I thought you could really see that on Saturday. I mean, he does a really good job of being able to get separation for the you know for his size, the matchups that he gets, like he's just the kind of guy that I feel like NFL teams would be drooling at because you know that on any given play he might have to attract the attention of multiple people which is like you said is just as valuable as anything else like that's why with Kansas City that's why a guy like uh you know, Robinson, I can't remember his first name, uh, or some of the other receivers that they have that have been able to have success, is when Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey draw as much attention as they do, like, it opens up things for everybody else.
6: And obviously, when we were talking to Brees Hall, there are other things than just running ball. You're looking at guys who can block, and particularly if they're in that, you know, shotgun or they're doing something late and, and can obviously pass catching out of the backfield is huge. But in a era where... It feels like we are getting more and more into this idea of underplaying the running back at the NFL level. Oh, how much do they really bring? And and they're getting paid less and less. They're getting drafted later and later. Go back and look at the numbers. Good teams in the NFL have good running backs. Sometimes it's not always a bell cow. Sometimes it is a running back by committee, but don't don 't trick yourself into thinking, "Oh, just because they 're falling in the draft order that the running back position isn 't that important quite honestly the, the The way you get leads is the aerial attack. The way you keep leads and you finish off games is by handing off for that four or five yards a clip and then just milking that clock
2: I mean, I think the perfect example of that is just look at these last two years who 's won the Super Bowl I mean the, as well as Tampa Bay could run the ball last year. You know, the Chiefs were not dangerous for how they could run the ball, but it is what kept teams honest two years ago, and that was the big difference for them for – in 2019 compared to 2018 in 2018 they couldn't move anybody up front and then all of a sudden in 2019 they could and you get into situations where you know you've got pat mahomes but you got to pay attention to those guys in the back too
6: and in 2019 it's not that the chiefs had a superstar running back it was that they were getting healthy amounts when they ran the ball a lot of that is the fact that as you mentioned when you've got patrick mahomes and then you've got kelsey and tyreek out there all of a sudden people are like look if they run the ball on us, they run the ball on us. We just can't have them throwing it all over the yard.
2: And I think the thing that's going to make someone like Brees valuable or, you know, make him something that teams are going to think is really valuable, he's a dynamic guy in that he's not someone that you look at and it's like, oh, he's got to play in this scheme. He's got to play in this kind of scheme. Like, you can put Brees out there and he can do just about everything. And, you know, I. I just think that NFL teams are going to look at that, and especially if you get into the second round, into the third round, you're going to sit there and be like, "Man, that guy has put up too too much numbers, has been too good at the at the power five level to sink very much further." I guess and uh, is how I look at that. It's about like how David Montgomery was. Like David Montgomery got in the third round, and you're like, "Man, somebody's got to take that guy because he is just he he was too good at, in college, and it's hard to deny the production sometimes." I uh, I I don't know. I I. I think that both those guys are going to have great futures. I think Will McDonald's going to be – I don't know if he'll go out after this year. I – based on that I would sure think that he would if he's going to be the number 3 outside linebacker in the draft class but uh man that guy is uh is an amazing talent for sure and he's somebody that's really fun to watch for for Iowa State um some of these other games that are on the the slate for college football this weekend what which ones uh trip your trigger is uh is there any one that you're like man I I got to make sure I'm in front of the TV to to catch this
6: not necessarily quite honestly as um, we were doing Hawk Central yesterday with Chad Lystico, I was kind of just impressed with the Big Ten slate in general. And and I think between Chad, Kennington, and I, all of us mentioned a different game that, that kind of really, obviously outside of the Iowa game. So mm-hmm. I would say just in general... I, I was I'm really impressed with what we could see not all of them are necessarily going to be great games like a lot of them are 10 12 point spreads but they're intriguing there's at least some storyline there
2: yeah that Wisconsin game at 11 a.m on Saturday will be will be interesting for sure with Michigan obviously being undefeated Ohio State's got to go on the road to Rutgers, probably a tougher matchup than maybe uh some people would realize uh and then I you know, Nebraska and Northwestern always ends up being a pretty good game, too, as the is the nightcap. Um, man, what? W- I don't know what kind of read I'm getting on. I, I know you probably pay more attention to Notre Dame than most people do because of your co host on Saturdays, Sean Roberts, and his love for the, the fighting Irish. I can't believe that Cincinnati is a favorite going into South Bend, even if they are ranked higher. I mean, I, and it's only a point and a half, but man, I was still shocked to see that.
6: Okay, so last Saturday on. Uh, pregame, I predicted that not only would Notre Dame cover, I thought they would win. That had a lot to do with I felt like Wisconsin was overrated. I felt like a lot of that had to do with name recognition. I we will we'll, we'll see what I say on Saturday morning, but quite honestly, that's one that I've kind of gone back and forth. I might take Cincinnati there. It's, it's, it's a situation where I think Notre Dame is overrated, but I think that Wisconsin was more overrated. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that what concerns me, and, and they got into a good fight with Wisconsin, but I don't know that they can get into a dog fight with Cincinnati and come out on top.
2: Wisconsin's offense is so bad. Like it, when you, it, when you can take away the the run from them and make Graham Murch stand back there and throw. I mean, it's going to be a rough day. Yeah, and that's kind of what they ran into. Uh, during that game last week that seemed like it took like six hours and delayed the start of the the Iowa State game but uh, man I just I find it hard to believe that Cincinnati can go in there and and win Uh, but no up and down dude this is by far I think the best game I said that at the beginning of the show this is the best week of games that we've seen so far Uh, and that and it even includes a game when UConn is going to go go on the road to Vanderbilt where you can get into the building for as low as two dollars. Uh, and watch probably the two worst teams in the country uh, do battle. It's still a great slate uh, all the way across the board. Still, um, man, I'm excited for Iowa State and Kansas. I'm I'm ready to just see Iowa State get back out on the field against somebody and kind of wash that dirty taste out of your mouth of the game in Baylor. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of frustrating pieces of that game. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of football left to be played this year. Get into your bye week going into uh, a road trip to Manhattan. Uh, get some good vibes going and try and figure out some more stuff. We're going to talk about that more, of course, on Saturday at 3 o'clock with Jeff Woody on the Cyclone Fanatic Tailgate Show. Thanks to Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star for joining us tonight. You've been listening to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show powered by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive on Morning Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.